Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. We're back on the series One Thing All Thanks to Verity. Yeah, we've broken our promise. At the end of the last episode, we said we would be back oh, talking about the time letter, meddler. You said that. And we're not. Yep. Yeah. But I like this timing, though, because we just finished The Chase, which was basically six episodes of a writer tired of writing for the Daleks. And now we've just watched Dalek, which is someone who's basically taking all those things that people are tired of and showing that people can be afraid of the Daleks again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is really sort of from one end of the spectrum all the way to the other in <laughs> two episodes of Lazy Doctor Who. Yep. That's time travel for you from 1965 to 2005. Mm-hmm. Two entirely different ways of dealing with Daleks. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this one? Um, I love this episode. It yeah. is it is really good. It's I mean, it's weird kind of going back and watching it because the 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 style at the time of TV making was different enough that it doesn't feel quite as um polished as as the Doctor Who that we see now. Um just the the directing, the lighting, the the fact that it's not in HD, you know, all that all that kind of stuff is um it makes it seem, I think, more comical than it was meant to be. And there's certainly parts of this that are supposed to be comical, but it's not. Uh, it's. I feel like it, it lacks a little bit of the emotional punch that it had for me the first time because the television just looks so different. I mean, I still think the, the script and the performances are, are top notch, but the, I don't know, just what it looks and feels like is a little bit less uh, less impactful than it was at the time. Well, like like what? Like the sets, the the props. I mean, uh, what are you thinking here? I'm thinking the direction. Actually, it's really yeah. Okay. Um, you get Van Staten, who's yeah. very sort of. It, I mean, the directing wasn't quite as wide eyed, over the top as you had the uh, you know Annette Badland and the other Slovene actors in in World War Three, but it's still a little bit, a little OTT, and you know even Christopher Eccleston is a little bit more. He's he's a little bit more eleven than ten. Like ten's perfect, and he I think he goes a little bit beyond it, and is not quite as great as I you know it's like received fan wisdom is this is the greatest performance ever, and I don't I don't know that it is. Really, I'm going to go with received wisdom on this one and say that this I watched this episode. I've said this on I think this is the most talked about new who episode I've ever talked about because I think I've written mm-hmm. an essay about it for a book or a magazine, mm-hmm. um, Starburst. And I wrote it for my blog, and I've talked about it on <laughs> Memory <laughs> Cheats and RFS. Mm-hmm. But I think this is pretty much the episode that cinched Christopher Eccleston as the Doctor. As in, like, we need mm-hmm. someone who has the the acting chops to pull off a scene like this, because this is probably what they had in mind, you know, mm-hmm. when they were thinking up the uh, the new series. And I think he the way he plays the scene with the Dalek... Um, is unlike any other doctor before because the lines are you know I, I think Rob Shearman said this in many interviews that I've had with him <laughs> over the years as well about this is that he you know he probably says oh so we meet again it would be that kind of thing but Christopher Eccleston looked at it almost as if you know someone from a Nazi concentration camp had met his jailer or something mm-hmm. and he approached it that way as opposed to just sort of like someone who he keeps meeting and beating all the time and I think he like nailed it 
Yeah, I, I agree, but I don't think that that's necessarily the fact that it's Christopher Eccleston as opposed to any of the actors who played the Doctor before. I think that's the place that they have put the Doctor, you know, the history that the Doctor now has with the Daleks. Any of the previous Doctors didn't have that kind of history with the Daleks. It was it was very different. They hadn't gone through the Time War. Mm-hmm. They had not experienced the Daleks wiping out, or, you know, the Doctor wiping out all of his race and the Daleks along with them. So I think, you know, Colin Baker. If Colin Baker <laughs> was playing the Doctor, and at that time it was post-Time War, I could totally see Colin Baker pulling off a scene like this. I'm, I'm like there are very few of the I think some of the, we had some really good actors playing the doctor mm-hmm. and I think almost any of them could have done a pretty pretty good job of this it's just that that's not the way the show was written at the no. time mm-hmm. nor nor was the character that way either mm-hmm. yeah exactly exactly so it's just it's written differently and I mean I'm not saying it's bad it's a very good performance but it's I don't know it's just it, it's it's maybe a half a step farther than I I guess I always it, the performances that are a little bit more restrained are the ones that resonate for me. And this is this is not restrained. No, it isn't. But it's also his first time meeting up with a Dalek who he thought he had obliterated and would never thought he'd see again. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he sees another one, all those emotions from the war- time war come flooding back. Mm-hmm. And he's put in that position again, having to deal with them one more time. And that probably just affects him a lot, you know? Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's not bad. It's good. It's just... Honestly, if we're going, if we're just talking about the performances, I would think I would rank them. Uh, I think Nick Briggs takes it for me. Yeah. I think I think the performance as the Dalek is, I mean, yes, the Doctor acting this way towards Daleks is new and impressive, but a Dalek acting that way is mind blowing. I mean, that's just that's it's just amazing. And you know, he's he's got me feeling bad for a Dalek. I mean, that's that's something that's impressive. And then actually, I think Billy Piper was perfect mm-hmm. in this. She was just she was on. You know, the the scene at the end where she just doesn't want to uh, doesn't want to order the Dalek to to kill itself and you know it asks are you you know are you scared are you afraid and she's the way she says yes with this little like hitch in her voice before she says it and you know tears in her eyes that was spot on that was that was just perfect so yeah I mean the the side character characters are definitely uh not my favorite but I think the the main the main bastions of 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 the story here Mm. are are pretty great yeah, uh, I think about, you know, this story was almost written intentionally to sort of say, you know, oh, Daleks can't climb stairs? Well, now it can climb stairs. Oh, it has a sucker on it? Oh, well, now it can, you know, it's also a lethal thing. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, the thing that sort of raises, uh, you know, convinces the Dalek, uh, the viewing audience that the Daleks are more than just shoddy aliens is Nicholas Briggs. Because when's the last time that you can remember, A, a Dalek story without Davros hasn't happened since death to the Daleks and they're boring in those you know they they don't speak with any emotion they they become more and more like robots the whole time but you don't mind listening to a Dalek because he's saying interesting things and he's manipulative now and it's all down to Nick Briggs and his performance you you were scoffing at something that I said about um stairs 
Oh, I, I was scoffing at the stairs thing because I remember when this came out in the first place and people were losing their minds because the Dalek was floating upstairs. And I'm sitting here going, this is not the first time that happened. That happened in the 1980s, everybody. Yeah. Yes, I was that pedantic nerd. But, you know, it, yes, it was a cool thing. It was a great moment. But the the everybody saying, oh, my God, this has never happened before. I was like, that's not true. That's so not true. Shut up, shut up, shut up. You're wrong. It also happened in uh, Revelation of the Daleks, too. Did it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it <laughs> happened before. So. I know, but they hadn't seen it, though. That's a thing. And for to most viewers, let's face it, you know, I think uh, Remembrance of the Daleks got 5.1 million viewers at most in 1988, opposite Coronation Street, when perhaps it wasn't on its most popular mm-hmm. ride. So maybe people didn't see it. And, you know, it's it's like that, we talk about received fan wisdom, it's just sort of that trope that just sort of gets lodged in to the public consciousness. You see them in, like, political cartoons of Daleks at the foot of the mm-hmm. staircase unable to get up. You know, it's, it's not the fans that they're having to convince again, it's the general public that they're trying to win over, and that's why I think they did that. I agree. I just think the general public is wrong. That's well, all. Well, yeah, because <laughs> obviously... <laughs> They're wrong. They didn't care that Doctor Who was off the air for sixteen years, apart from one magical night in May. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's why. I what I like about that scene is is not the fact that the Dalek goes up, but it's the reaction of the characters, especially Adam. He sort of goes, "Oh my God!" Like just the look <laughs> on his face just says that, "Oh God, they can climb stairs, and I'm dead." That sort of like I think mm-hmm. that really sold it. Yeah, actually, the the first moment that we see the Dalek lifting is from the Dalek's point of view. You don't, That's true. You yeah, don't, yeah, you don't see it from from the other the other side until after it's already sort of partway in the air, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Going back to the uh, the Dalek speech and the the performance there by Nick Briggs, I think, and and maybe I will be proved wrong once we get uh, farther in and, and see more Dalek stuff in this season. But I feel like in the new series, this particular Dalek is the one that has the most wide range of of sort of emotion in its voice, which makes sense because it, you know, is reconstructed from Rose's DNA and it's becoming more human or something different than Dalek anyway. But watching it now, it's it's interesting because different sentences were at sort of different pitches. You know, some of it was higher, some of it was lower, some of it was a little more frantic, some of it was more relaxed, depending on what was going on in the scene, mm-hmm. which is perfect. But to me, uh, with my years of, of having heard Daleks for the last 10 years now, I'm thinking, oh, you know, that sentence sounded like this particular Dalek, and that other <laughs> sentence sounded like... So I feel like Nick Briggs took a lot of the different uh, different sort of emotions and, and ranges that he used in this story and separated them out and made them different Dalek voices later on which works very very nicely he does do that he does consciously sort of you know depending on different ranks of daleks as well Mm -hmm. he kind of it's funny this is almost like a pilot for a dalek tv show it's like (laughs) you know pilots always sort of like here's what everything we can do we sort of outline everything and that's why this one is not only effective but it also um kind of undercuts every single dalek story that comes after it because if one dalek can do all of that mm-hmm. we get an army of them and we have to defeat an army of them and and uh, you know to varying degrees of success i think later on do they sort of come up with ways of beating the daleks but mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of you know boxing themselves into a corner writing wise if mm-hmm. this if this dalek is going to wipe out the earth then you know 
how the heck are are they supposed to defeat that many of them? And yeah, they make it work, but it's a little bit weaker of a premise than it would be uh, without this being such an amazing story. Mm-hmm. It's uh, how did you feel? I know I I got a extra special bit of appreciation out of this um, during the first encounter between the doc- doctor and the Dalek when I think about what happened in Day of the Doctor. You know, when he's talking about, I wiped them all out and the time, I'm thinking, wow, we've, now we've seen that 10 years on. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool to see this episode in context now. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, this episode, the events of this episode, there's nothing different now that, that we have seen Day of the Doctor because this doctor mm-hmm. never finds out that it, it didn't happen. So as far as he's concerned, he did wipe them all out. That is what he saw. That is his emotional reality. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So on, it it loses not one iota of the emotional no. impact for me because I am not a cold, unfeeling, uncaring person. I still, <laughs> I still, it still resonates with me because that's the truth. That is the truth for him. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like this story a lot. It's, it's really good. Yeah. Joe Ahern directed. I know you said the directing was a little... You didn't like the directing on this, so... I just... I, I don't. I, I, I don't know. It didn't... It just didn't feel like it hung together as nicely as... It just, it just felt unpolished. It felt new. And I mean, maybe that's the whole first series of Doctor Who is like that. And I'm just not used to it again yet. But it it, it feels very different from from television that I'm watching now. Oh, Actually, yeah. that's then again, mm-hmm. I watched the first episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer just same. just before yeah. this and I felt like that was a lot more cohesive in performance, you know, styles from person to person than than Dalek was, actually. Weird. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it's maybe it's just the difference differences between the the acting quality and style of, you know, Billy Piper and whoever the guy is that plays Bruno Langley no 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 not Bruno Langley Bruno Langley's all right Corey Johnson is that the Van Staten guy yeah yeah he's just I think maybe it's just he's the weak link that just kind of it's the wide-eyed over the top goofiness he's goofy and I, I just I feel like contrasted with the seriousness of the Dalek and how emotionally gut-wrenching it is to watch the doctor's you know reaction to him and then you have this this guy on the other hand who's just yeah it's just that it's it's such a it just it's a, such a frisian it just doesn't work together I, I don't like it yeah you know who he reminds me of now hmm. uh, Van Stanton in some ways you know sort of uh, billionaire e- egomaniac um, running around giving orders and everything <laughs> it's totally Donald Trump so when you see Donald Trump being the parody, self-parody that he is, um, suddenly Van Staten actually seems like a little bit. He you could know. have played that a little over, a little more over the top. Okay, you make a very good and very awful at the same time point. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I I still th- I think you know judging it at the time that it was made, I think this is such a step up in terms of production and direction Mm -hmm. compared to the first five episodes because now we're into block number three i think this one on father's day i think was made at the same time um and i think that's just a huge step up in my opinion now that now that everyone's sort of got back on track and they can sort of you know you can tell they're sort of getting more comfortable with making the tv show now there's no Mm -hmm. big giant scenes of padding anymore like there were in some of the earlier episodes because they weren't sure how things would time out i think this is pretty a pretty Mm -hmm. well-paced episode that's true. Pacing-wise, it's very, very tight. I 
kind of found myself thinking a couple of times like wow this is this is cooking along mm-hmm. like you know because I've seen it before I was like I, I know what's coming and it's just like wow that's that yeah it it played out pretty uh pretty tightly and I do agree that that in comparison to the previous episodes it is it is definitely a, a big step up which I think is part of why this is the point in in new who where I finally kind of got it sort of clicked together in my head and I was like okay I guess I'm I guess I'm on board now this is this is the moment this is when it happened yeah I think it, I think it was that way for a lot of people mm-hmm. and smart of RTD and everyone to put this one midway through the season you know it's a mm-hmm. little tentpole episode because I think the BBC wanted them to start off at the Daleks but it says no 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 because you know RTD knew that oh, viewing audiences usually dip down mm-hmm. let's give them a reason to come back and this is it and it worked mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Um, so next up is either the long game or the time meddler, depending on which we get to first. I'm mm-hmm. leaving all the options open. Yep. Yeah. Because we're lazy like that. No planning. No planning at all. Mm-hmm. But you can hear your thoughts, your further thoughts on Dalek on the next Verity. Mm-hmm. So not the next Verity, the next next Verity, right? Because this is Tuesday night. Correct. Tomorrow there will, there will be uh, an extra about Torchwood. And oh, then, yeah, that. Yep. And then, <laughs> and then after that, uh, the next right. week, we'll, we're t- but we're recording it tomorrow, the, uh, the episode on, on Dalek, where I'm sure we will cover the shirtless, uh, shirtless Christopher Eccleston yeah. scene in much more detail than we have here. So that's why I didn't even mention it. Thank you. That's all right. I'm not a fan. <laughs> Good. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. 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 <laughs>